sports media has been feeling it over the past couple of months. You have Apple and MLS doing a huge deal. Sinclair finally is coming out with what they're going to do with their local streaming service. And NFL TV free agency, John. Amazon signs Ryan Fitzpatrick officially, and we got him on the pod next. We're feeling it, I think. Feeling it? It's in his last three-pointer. <laughs> feeling it? <laughs> you can't make one in a series if you want to say feeling it. And we're back. The Marshan Oran Sports Media Podcast presented by USA Track and Field. He's John Oran, the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. I'm Andrew Marshan, sports media columnist for the New York Post. We're going to have for our big get, Ryan Fitzpatrick, recently retired and now with Amazon. We'll have that a little bit later in the podcast. But we start who's up and who's down. Who's up? Who's down? Andrew, why don't you lead us off? My who's up, Adam Silver, NBA commissioner. Everyone's the ratings for the finals. They were good. They weren't good. They were up from last year. They weren't up for a few. I don't care. They're good enough. What was really good for Adam Silver is this MLS deal with uh, Apple because at the least, uh, it just gave the NBA all kinds of leverage because, you know, Apple, we already kind of thought Apple was going to be involved in the NBA negotiations when their deals are up with ESPN and Turner in 2025. Uh, but now you can really see a path for the NBA to do a deal with Apple of some sort. Uh, and at the least, uh, major leverage, you know, Amazon's likely going to be involved as well. It's hard to imagine they're not. So there already was leverage, but I just think they're going to get an incredible deal. And so we can talk ad nauseum about the ratings, have Mike Bass, NBA uh, VP of PR, you know, uh, you know, making the ratings. They're great. They, you know, and, and trying to get everyone to write really nice things about it. Bottom line, it's going to work out for Silver and the NBA. Uh, they got nothing to worry about, in my opinion. Mike Bass, he was your who's down. Now Adam Silver's your who's up. I, I, I like it. Let's make that a topic, though, because I, I, I have a lot that, that I want to add to that as All well. All right, sounds good. All right, my who's up. Surprise, surprise, Chris Ripley. I drove from DC to Cockeysville, Maryland to Sinclair's home office for a sit down with Chris Ripley. He unveiled everything about the launch of his uh, local sports streaming service. Soft launch June 23rd in Detroit, Kansas City, Miami, Milwaukee, Tampa. Full launch is coming this fall. There are lots of hurdles before we can say whether or not this is gonna be a success, of course. But, you know, Ripley is, is giving it his best shot at creating something that is going to, to work in concert with, uh, with cable and satellite operators. So hats off to Chris Ripley. All right, let's go to who's down. I need to go right away to who's down. I wrote on the rundown, Chris Ripley, uh, just to throw you off, but I'm crossing that out. My who's down, John Oren. <laughs> this is a, this is an utter surprise to me, but I, I got to hear this. Go ahead. You've been killing Chris Ripley. You go, you make a little, what, night? What did you say? How long was the drive? It was, a, it was like a, a more than an hour long drive. He hosts you in his office. You do the big story. And now Chris Ripley knows everything. He's got it perfectly down. So all it takes, one of these executives is do an interview with John. Everything's 100%. It goes exactly reverses, <laughs> 180 degrees the other way. Look, 
I don't necessarily believe in this Sinclair move. Is this where it's moving? Like we're going to talk further about this in the rundown, uh, but is this where things are moving? Where these local, you know, in New York, where we see it, where the local um, teams have a direct to consumer product. Uh, yeah. And will ESPN have uh, go direct to consumer with their, with the mothership uh, within the next four and a half years? Yes. But I don't know if this works. It seems like a hodgepodge. And the fact that now you have it on the who's up just because you got a little presentation and it's great. You're my who's down, John Oran. Oh, who's up is for the actual date. They have an actual date associated with it. You get a date, you get a who's up? Yeah. What's that? Who's up? They used to, when I was a kid, who's ups were a lot more expensive now. Then they look, they look, uh, they're not as uh, either easier to come by now. By the way, anybody listening, especially new listeners, John's, I think you've nailed me on a couple of who's down at least twice previously. I don't think I've ever given you a who's down before. And by the way, I've surprised you with every one of them. They haven't been on the show rundown at all. Exactly. So I, I owed that, you. That I owed nice. you. Yeah, all I right. like that one. <laughs> well, my who's down is Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner of the White Sox and the Bulls in Chicago. Uh, there is a story in the Chicago Sun-Times his local media rights deal with NBC Sports Chicago, it ends in 2024. And surprise, surprise, he's trying to get some negotiating leverage going and suggesting, hey, maybe they can uh, grab the Blackhawks and launch their own regional sports network. Here's a little bit of free advice. Launching a regional sports network tethered to cable and satellite in 2024 is not a good idea. Don't do it, Jerry. It's like, you know, just redo your deal with NBC and move forward with uh, with what's out there. There's the, the, the cord cutting that's happening now is going to happen even further in 2024. It is a miserable time to be. In fact, it's looking backwards to think, hey, my my way forward is to launch a regional sports network. It sounds like a le- leverage play to me, though, right? No, totally. <laughs> Very transparent, though. Easy. <laughs> To understand, and, and uh, all right, so Reinsdorf gets the who's down. We appreciate everyone listening to this podcast uh, every week. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and then if you go up and you can write a review, and we do appreciate uh, all the reviews and, and all the nice feedback we've gotten uh, on the podcast. How many shows? Do you know how many shows we're in, John? This is our thirty eighth show. We're approaching forty. Wow. All right. So good. So almost, so we're almost in the 40. So we appreciate everybody to subscribe wherever you find your podcast. All right, let's move to the topics. Topic one, MLS and Apple. Now this story broke last week on the pod uh, and we talked about it. We had initial reactions. We both uh, wrote big stories about uh, the deal. Mine, yours looked the, at the, uh, interaction, how it all came together, uh, and also the future. Mine was more about what this means, what's next. Uh, yours was, both of them came out Monday. Uh, mine was in my newsletter, yours in the Sports Business Journal. Um, so just first off, I'm just going to lay it out for you to start us off. Like Now that you've done even more reporting, um, give me some takeaways that you kind of think we should hit on right away. Well, so we talked about this in the last pod, and I think I was really surprised at how negative you were on that pod about this deal. I think it's a really good deal for Major League Soccer. I, I, they, they, they got a lot of money out of, out of Apple. Um, they have, Major League Soccer to date, they, they were on ABC, ESPN, they were on Fox and they were on Univision. They were on three of the biggest sports media providers 
in the country and they haven't been able to grow the media numbers for their sport. Major League Soccer is an excellent at venue sport. I, the, 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 the stands generally are packed. The crowd is different than most American crowds. They're into the game. It hasn't translated to linear television. So why not go after Apple, get one of the biggest companies in the world that has a huge marketing might behind it. And you're not losing that much by, by going away from linear TV. And if they, as, I, as I've been told that is gonna be a sure thing, are able to still get some games on, on linear TV, you can still attract some of the other people. I think for MLS, this was unreservedly a good deal with the caveat that if one of those major media companies had been uh, doing the same deal, they, they would have certainly gone with uh, an ESPN or a Fox if they were offering that kind of money for, for all those packages. Hold on a second. So you say it's a good deal, but if they had the option to go to ESPN or Fox for the same money, you said you think they would have stayed? Yeah, I think it's a good deal because that, that wasn't a deal that was out there. So they still got a, a good amount of money and possibly will be growing the, the sport among people that are cord cutters or, 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 or younger, younger people that are, are conditioned to stream it. But I have a question for you, Andrew. You were you were very negative, I thought, last week. Are you still? I wouldn't say negative. Like, I can see how it can work. My big issue, and you know, I talk to people from uh, different leagues, including the MLS, uh, different networks, uh, agents for my story about what's next, what this means for others. And so do I understand how this could work? Yeah. Like, I think that subscription is misunderstood a lot. And I do like the idea of the MLS and Apple addressing the global market in subscription. Like the idea of signing a player from Colombia and then selling subscriptions in Colombia makes sense, right? Uh, that is smart and is a new business model where if I'm network executives where they've been scared about Apple and Amazon forever, and you look at that model, again, it's not gonna be in the short term, but long-term, if that works, uh, where, they kind of can skip the middleman and Apple just houses these uh, leagues and they sell subscriptions around the world, you know, AKA the NBA. That is something that makes sense. Uh, the issue to me for the MLS is that is the product good enough to do that? Um, I will say that in reporting, uh, you know, the big thing that you, you, that we talked about was the shocker, the 10 year deal, especially with the world cup with, you know, you figure in 26, when the world cup is partly in the United States, you're going to see uh, soccer become even more popular. There is an incentive possibly to add better players, because if they can see that if they sign, I'm going to give the, you the top example, even though he's going to be a little bit past his prime eventually is messy. But if you say like, if I sign Messi. I'm going to, I don't know how many people live in Argentina, but let's just say you get a million subscribers, right? And whatever they're going to charge here, because um, people have to see Messi or just around the world. Then there, this might make sense, like mathematically in terms of growing the league. But the opposite of that, they don't make these big signings. And you have the league that it is now, which again, I've said, I'm a huge soccer guy. It's good in stadium, but the, I can watch premier league. I can watch champions league. I can watch all these international leagues. And even though it's Apple and nobody's disrespecting Apple and everyone knows what they do in subscription, if the product's not good enough and MLS is basically in terms of a video product, nearly irrelevant, uh, that's where it doesn't work. And so, yeah, they did a good job. And I don't think I 
I think last week, if you go back, I think the 250, the number they did a great job with, and the business plan makes some sense. I mean, they're, they're MLS still at this point. Uh, and so uh, even though they might not like hearing that, uh, they're still, they're a top 10 league, but where they fall in that top 10 is definitely outside the top five and maybe even uh, further towards 10 uh, in terms of world league. So um, you know, how do you make me go and, and go subscribe? And I, I do think the tiers are a little bit complicated when you look at it. Uh, so, so that those are a couple of takeaways for me. Well, it's interesting because down here in the DC market, they signed Wayne Rooney, uh, international superstar. They couldn't sell their local rights down here. Like the, 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 it just hasn't been a good TV product domestically. Could they sold some more in, 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 uh, in London under this new system or in, over in England? Yeah, potentially people that, that, that would be interested might, uh, might uh, stop in and see it. I don't think MLS is losing anything by shedding linear television that people weren't watching and trying something different with one of the biggest companies in, in the- No, so yeah, I, I think I don't think I said for MLS, I, I have to listen to back exactly what I said. I don't think I said it was a bad deal for MLS. Um, I just don't know if it's going to work. No, right? I don't think I, you said it was a bad deal for MLS. I think that you were you were more saying that you didn't think it was going to work. And I think that that's, that's something that actually we agree with. I, that the, the whole 10 years, what happens if, let's, let's do a worst case scenario, after three years, nobody's doing this, nobody's running it, and, and Apple kind of washes his hands. I mean, this, this is something that MLS is really going to have to market by, uh, on its own. Here's the question I have for you, okay? And my buddy, Mark Apter, is in TV, uh, he's a college buddy of mine, pointed this out, wanted me to say this to you, John, is that he gets notifications hey, tell about- Mark, Tell Mark to, to come to me directly, all right? I don't want to have to go through you. Goodness right. gracious. Exactly, so the notifications, yeah, I mean, I get notifications for the Yankee game on your phone, right? You can, that's, that's, so like, what is Apple going to do to get me to watch that and, and to get me to subscribe? And let, let me take two things. I'm going to counter myself though here. I do think people do underestimate subscription because with, with subscription, everyone always says nobody's going to subscribe. And that's true. Most people don't subscribe to things, but when Apple can reach 2 billion people, you don't need most people right? You don't need that many people to have a successful business and we don't know what they're going to charge. Um, but that said, uh, what is Apple going to do? I get it. They're great in subscription. I believe in them in subscription, but you still have to like the, want the product, right? And so um, what are they going to do in your mind that to get me to subscribe to an MLS package? Because um, it's the top tier that they're really selling here. The rest is I mean, does it to me is not it's counterintuitive. And let me just say one more thing before you answer my question, because just so people understand who don't fully, they're gonna have basically what I've called MLS Plus, which is a subscription service that will uh, you can get every game. You won't have to worry wherever you are in the world, you can watch every MLS game, you pay this fee. Um, then they're going to uh, have some games to Apple plus Apple TV plus subscribers, and then they'll have uh, some games that are free to Apple TV plus, right? And I don't know who's going to watch those, right? You're either in on MLS or you're not. I don't think you're going to be like, let me flip on Apple TV and see if they happen to have an MLS game. And then they're going to have linear with either ESPN most likely and Fox or, and maybe Fox too. Um, they'll have maybe a game a week and maybe MLS cup on there. So, so I believe in subscription, but like, what is Apple going to do to make John Orion or me subscribe? It's not just Apple, it's also MLS. And we talked about, about this a little bit uh, 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 last week. You know, they're, 
they're going to strip out the games so that you're going to know when when these games are, are are being played. You know, the the whole Wednesday night, uh, Saturday night. Uh, Apple knows how to get people to subscribe. So what, whether it's uh, you know an alert on your phone or for for Father's Day, my my daughter got me an Apple Watch. Like I, I'm tethered to 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 Apple. They have a lot of different ways in order to to, to come and alert me to this. But I think the the main thing is that. Uh, it goes even beyond Apple. MLS has to get out there and has to to start getting their players better known. They have to start getting storylines that 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 start to attract the sort of the more casual sports fans. And you know, it, it it's it's both of those working in concert. I don't think anybody expects. Okay, it's with Apple now. All of a sudden, let's push a button and and let's go. This is a lot of money for MLS. It's nothing to Apple, nothing yep. at all. This is still very much, in my opinion, a test to see whether or not this works and how it works. And and they're they're gonna one thing that Apple is uh, is uh, does is they're gonna figure out how to best market to bring in uh, the hardcore uh, soccer fans, the casual sports fans, and and watch it. But what what's gonna happen on day one? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. The one thing I would say I was wrong about from last week you know after doing more reporting i do think it is significant that the games the game times wednesday saturday you're going to know what time the games are it's it's important for uh the season ticket holders or people going to games to know when they are um and i and that does make sense that that is a point that um i didn't not that you know i didn't fully um appreciate in terms of this deal and their ability now to have those games on at a certain time so people so there's you know it's like a tv show right if seinfeld wasn't on every thursday it was on randomly not totally randomly but kind of randomly it wouldn't have done as well so that does give it more of a fighting chance and so i think for mls it does make some sense i just think it is apple but they're going to an unproven mechanism right we don't know that streaming works in this you know mythology and i will tell you and I'm still very negative on streaming in total. Yeah. They're somewhat going it alone in terms of like their one entity. I think if you look at like what WWE, when they went to Peacock, they're in an overall entity. And I guess you could argue MLS is an overall entity with Apple TV plus, but um, they, they just, they Peacock, I mean, the WWE just took the money from Peacock and it makes sense because I don't know, just selling subscriptions, you really need to be part of something bigger. And maybe they are with Apple TV. Maybe I'm kind of wrong there, but I, I just feel like it's easier just to take the money. Like that's what all these leagues have learned. That goes back to my who's down and, and Ryan's room. Like, do you really want to set up your own like streaming yep. service for, for, for all these games? Or do you really want to set up? Do you know how costly it is to set up your own network and get the production and, and everything that's, uh, that's associated with it and have it be at the quality that your fans expect? But uh, more, more to the point, our excellent producer, Chris Mason, uh, can you clip out? Andrew said he was wrong. And I just hope you can uh, clip that out. Episode 38. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed. First, first for everything. Okay. <laughs> We're going to funnel into the NBA deal. So let's just funnel. We're going to like, like, look at this rundown. This is very, um, we spent minutes putting this rundown together. Let, let's just compare what Amazon and Apple are doing. We won't overdo it. But if you could choose one, do you like what Apple's doing so far? Or do you like what Amazon's doing? Apple's not done yet. If Apple is able to get, um, Sunday ticket and then have another subscription product alongside its MLS uh, subscription product. They're just two different strategies 
I don't know which one I favor. They're different though, because uh, Apple is relying so much on subscription. The Apple is, uh, is making the decision that they need to make money off of this. Amazon is it's almost a loss leader, some of these uh, deals that they're making. So they have exclusive um, uh, Thursday night football, of course. They're doing stuff with the Yankees. They have stuff internationally with you know, cricket and tennis and, and all these other things. There, there's no subscription to it beyond like getting Prime. And so they're two totally different strategies. I have a feeling you're going to go with Amazon, so I'll go with Apple. Well, I will say this. This is what I would go with. I do think Sunday ticket becomes even more important because now Amazon already has a budding relationship with the NFL, with Thursday night football. But the thing that I think is scary for other networks and companies is if this works to some degree with MLS, because this is a new model of, of a way to do it. And if you're the NFL and 11 years from now, it's proven that the MLS uh, Apple deal worked and you have all these rights and yes, they get paid so much money, $110 billion over these next 11 years from all these different entities. And that's hard to add up to more than that. But let's just say you can, right? There's a million people, a hundred million people who watch the Super Bowl, right? And when you start talking about subscription services where you get into the 50, 100, 150 million people, that's how you change business models. And so to me, that Sunday ticket relationship for, especially for Apple, because Amazon already has the NFL relationship, you know, where does that go um, if they were to get it and where can that lead to? And that's why to me, this could have been a groundbreaking agreement between MLS and Apple, not as much about MLS, but more about what this could mean for the future of how we watch sports, how we pay for viewing sports. To answer your question, at the, at the moment, I like Amazon over Apple, but because, I mean, you just gave it to Apple and I'm going to keep you to that. So Chris Mason, please clip that. He said Apple, <laughs> but they have Friday night uh, baseball that nobody watches and MLS, which is like the seventh or eighth, maybe sixth best league in the world in soccer. So uh, that's their plan. Meanwhile, Amazon has Thursday night football with the most important um, entity in American. The worst package. Yeah. Okay. But American entertainment, they have that. They have a deal with the Yankees, the preeminent team um, in baseball, and you can and probably a top five team franchise in the world. Um, and then they got deals outside. They're probably gonna do a Big Ten deal, um, and maybe they'll get Sunday ticket. So I'll go Amazon at the moment. But look, did you just drop? They're probably gonna do a Big Ten deal. Yeah, you yeah think, I dropped that on you. You you, you think Amazon's probably gonna do? A I think they're gonna go. I'm gonna really? go. I think they're gonna get a game or two. Yeah. Uh, oh, interesting. Look, I, that's not a hundred percent. I'm not reporting that. So just no, 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 no. You just kind of like let that go. I just wanted to pick probably, that up. Yeah. but I do think now we finally are seeing the Amazon play. I was happy, by the way, in your story that you wrote, you said that they were trying to keep it secret. And then in January, I got serious. And I just went, I, and if you read the post plus newsletter in January, January 31st, I think it was, it was Apple and uh, MLS was written and reported. Apple. One are you going to mention that? And where was that? Why isn't that mentioned in the Sports Business Journal? Didn't make it in there. I you know, I, I, my editor cut that out. Okay. Apple, one of the most secretive companies, it, probably in the world. They're they're NSA like or CIA like. Uh, welcome to sports. People in people in sports talk. Sports media is different, man. Everyone Listen, we had uh, we had Gary Bettman on a couple of weeks ago as our as our big get, and he was talking about um, 
the the NHL's um, deal, which is, you know, if you're an NHL fan and you subscribe to ESPN Plus, you get everything. You see every every game is there. And he thought that that was really important as a way forward. Um, Apple's doing the same. If you're an MLS fan, this a true MLS fan. This is great for you. When they do the numbers, John, they're giving it to to season ticket. Your diest hardest fans they're giving it free to season ticket to holders. season ticket holders so that's Absolutely. like let's just say they have ten thousand. i don't know what their season tickets are but let's just say a minimum i would say they average ten thousand season tickets per team some much higher some much lower and it might even be higher but just give me that's it that's three hundred thousand. so that's the minimum so when they give us subscriber numbers at some point that's the minimum they start three hundred thousand. they're already giving away all right so um like how many more above that are there? That's the question. And how many people, how many guys you sign in Columbia? Are you, are you how many subscriptions are you selling uh, to Apple TV plus? I, I actually think, look, I do think again, subscription businesses do work, especially when they have that type of scale. So I don't, I like MLS's plan. I just don't know if the product's good enough to really bring in um, enough people to really make it uh, sing. Just to spill this off to, to, to the NBA if this does work for Apple and what, what Apple wants is they want the whole, the, the kitchen sink, they want everything, uh, which is what they uh, did with MLS. When the NBA comes up, remember Apple can buy and sell Warner, Warner brothers, discovery and ESPN several times over. If, if this works, they, they can outspend on, uh, on getting NBA rights. Um, I will say this when it comes to NBA rights, it's still way too early to, to handicap, but that's, you know, that's what we do on the, on the pod, I suppose. Yeah. I can't imagine a scenario where ESPN and Turner allow NBA rights to, to go away. I can. Okay. Put that, clip that one too. I mean, clip I can. That one, please, Chris Mason. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I just say, I think there's a scenario. Look, this is different. Sinclair, so we just continue this conversation because it's all interwoven. The Sinclair story you had the other day, can you just uh, boilerplate like what you were saying and, you know, in your big interview where, uh, you know, Chris Ripley just wowed you to death? With Chris Ripley, it was in Cockeysville, Maryland. Uh, they, but Maryland. Saying that. Why do you love saying Cockeysville? Because you know why? Everybody from Cockeysville, they tried to like re- rebrand it to Hunt Valley, Maryland. Oh, okay. It's not Hunt Valley, it's Cockeysville. <laughs> There's some inside joke you're getting. Get going. Cockeysville. Cockeysville. Like, I, just, I, love, I love it. <laughs> right, Maryland has the greatest town names or Skaggsville, Maryland, you know, <laughs> Cockeysville, Maryland. It's, a, it's, a, it's the best. They are uh, in the process of, fi- of figuring out it's a soft launch for their local streaming service uh they're going to have a full launch coming in 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 the fall if local sports are going to work in streaming like they're trying to figure out how to do this so that there is you know not not right away but eventually there's going to be a lot of gambling uh capabilities uh, on the streams that you certainly don't get on linear television there's going to be a lot more sort of personalization uh to to they're going to know who's who's watching much more so than, than television, but what Ripley said that he believes that the cable bundle and streaming can coexist next to each other for for this foreseeable future. He does he doesn't see the cable bundle necessarily going to zero, and he's hoping that the cable bundle doesn't go to zero. That's why Nesson's at thirty dollars a month. That's why uh, for, for for its streaming service. That's why he priced it. Uh, Ripley priced uh, the Bally Sports Plus at twenty dollars a month. They, they don't want to make this 
so affordable that people give up their cable subscriptions. They just want to try to attract the people that either have already given up their cable subscriptions or never had their uh, a cable subscription. And they're trying to, to get uh, those people, but they're trying to price it at such a way to keep to try to keep the cable bundle going as much as it possibly can, because that's where the RSNs and ESPN and Turner Sports and, and, and all these companies, that's where they make all their money. The big takeaway for me there is you said about the gambling is if you're going to do a streaming latency issue, you're going to have to figure that out because, you know, John Oren's going to be at the game texting me, uh, Aaron Judge has got a hit and I'm going to put a big bet on it before the stream comes through. Uh, so I, I don't know. They, they need to figure that out before, you know, I know it's a soft launch right now, but they were after that, that we'll be doing the Mando pod from the beach, you know, a little Mai Tai in <laughs> exactly, hand. Exactly. Yeah. We get on one of those you know gambling sites. So we bring it back to MLS. How MLS is selling their rights makes more sense to me, right? Like if you look at the athletic, right? This is a much smaller scale with what the athletic has done, but you buy the athletic usually probably for one either team or um, one person, and then you end up getting other stuff if you're a person who likes the athletic, right? So um, for Sinclair, you might buy it for one team, but you also need to get other things, right? And so, um, I, I, you know, what I mean, I don't, at, especially at that price point, is it, are those games just worth it? $20 a month? That's a significant amount just to watch the Cleveland Guardians uh, play, uh, you know, especially when it's so stark like that and you can cancel it. You know what you said? You say $20 a month, which sounds like, a, that sounds like a lot. What, what Ripley would say is it's less than a dollar a game. Are we gonna do coffee analogy soon? I mean, we. I get yeah, you know it. what they they did do? They did do the Starbucks. A cup of coffee. At I know. Starbucks. We always get the coffee. No, no, we, we all talk about that. If we all. Every about, one of us who was in this business has thought, like, you know, how about if I did my own subscription services? Yeah, you only have to give me. It's less than a coffee. You can listen. You can read my stuff for you know. No, but it's like, money. look, we we were talking about Apple. If you're talking about the iTunes of sports. Would you pay 99 cents a game through Apple? That's, that sounds somewhat affordable to me. Well, that, that, yeah, MLS did mention that. I wonder, can you just get individual games? That is something that uh, I think could have some interest. I actually don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I, I don't. From what I could tell, there that isn't in the in play. I don't think it is. Yeah, but that would be something that I think would make some sense because, uh, and also it'd be a way to get people to to get the full package. Is because I could buy this one game, you know, and then it's like, oh, this is pretty good. Let me get the whole thing. Uh, so I, that, that's, that's something to, to say, all right, let's bring it into the NBA now, because what I wrote about the other day in my, on Monday, um, in my, uh, newsletter that comes out every Monday, although I'm going to be off, uh, next week, Ryan Glassbeagle filling in great Ryan Glassbeagle, um, we'll be doing it next week. Uh, I wrote about what's next. And I do think the NBA, um, they don't have the regional sports network deals coming up like the MLS did, but it's also a different ball game. As you wrote in your story, there are four teams that make money in the MLS in terms of their rights. Um, you know, one of those teams, uh, sources told me uh, that yes, was paying NYCFC $3 million a year. Um, the fees for the NBA regional sports rights are way, way more. Uh, so, you know, they're not as incentivized to be like, whatever about these local rights, like the MLS, those rights were basically worth nothing for 24 of those teams, right? There's 28 teams, I believe, in the MLS right now. They're not going to do that type of deal. But By the way, if you want to understand why all the traditional media companies passed on MLS, it's like, well, let's get its package of games that gets virtually no rights fees and very little viewership 
and try to try to uh, to sell it to the traditional media companies for for more. I mean, of course, they passed on that. Exactly, and also like ESPN and Fox are going to pay nothing for these games, and they're not. Even, I don't. I doubt they'll even produce them. Like I think uh, MLS will continue to produce them, and they'll just put them on their air. Uh, I don't think you're going to get like a new production from ESPN. Maybe, okay, but their games are still going to be on Apple if you have that subscription service. Um, but yeah, I think the NBA is in a good place to figure out a deal maybe with apple i'm sure the nba i don't know exactly but sells some kind of you know you can watch the games overseas but i think those are rights fees but if they did some kind of subscription service internationally with uh with apple uh that might work like you have a lot of international players the nba touts itself and rightfully so as an international game um if you start selling those you want to watch uh luka Doncic. You, you need to, you know, internationally, maybe there's a subscription service that way. Like, I don't know where those rights deals are in terms of the international, you know, and it might be obviously different each country, but there might be something there. That's the, that's the point with Apple and uh, the NBA where they can figure out something and there's creative people involved with incentive to do it. So I, and it, at the least it's going to be leverage, right? So it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a problem for ESPN Turner and why I think there's a very good chance they'll return the rights. I don't think it's a guarantee just because of that reason. Also Amazon as well. So, um, it's good to be the leagues though. They, the TV ratings might be going up, but I think the fees are going down. I should say, uh, TV ratings, might be going down but i think the fees are still going to be going up it's good to be the leagues if you're a big league if if, if you're an nfl if you're a uh, an nba i mean if you're a small time league like uh like you know let's say like a conference usa you know that's a trying to trying to, to get something out there it's going to be tough and it's especially going to be tough if they're moved to a streaming service and then only people that really want to see that conference are going to be going to get it. it's going to it's going to be much less about being on ESPN or being on, on CBS and other people sort of like, you know, channel surfing by it. Let's go to uh, Fitzpatrick now, and then we'll do a little couple of quick hits and uh, call the week after Fitzpatrick. John joining us now on the big get Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan just joined Amazon. He's going to be on their exclusive coverage of Thursday night football every week doing the pre and post game and halftime Richard Sherman already announced also Tony Gonzalez. I've reported Carissa Thompson is likely going to be the host. Ryan, congrats on the new gig and also uh, your great career in the NFL. Um, my first question really is, do you have Amazon Prime? I don't think we could live without it. Uh, I, I know all the Amazon delivery people very well, see them multiple times a day. Um, but yeah, I, I could not be happier. I think this is going to be a great segue for me into a different part of my career. And I'm very happy to be joining the Amazon team. Yeah, John Ryan has seven kids. Ryan, I'm one of six kids, so I can I can appreciate that uh, growing up. Yeah, we uh, we've got quite the busy household. Right before the Zoom, I just had to kick everybody out because I can't keep them all quiet. So. <laughs> it sounds quiet. Yeah, yeah. We've had on on the pod as our as our big get, Ryan. We've had uh, you know Jimmy Pataro. We've had Steve Bornstein. You know, we, we've had Gary Bettman. I believe you might be the smartest person that we've had on this. Can you can you tell us about the Wonderlick test? What there, there, there are different things that 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 we that we said. You did you ace it? So thank you for bringing up how smart I was. I know I put that in the notes for what to talk about. Um, <laughs> yeah, I so the Wonderlick test was, you know, I took it at the combine. Uh, I remember, you know, sitting next to Timmy Chang, if you remember that name. 
uh, and y'all kind of get put in a room. And I think the most difficult thing about it, 50 questions uh, is it's 12 minutes. And so everybody is just trying to rifle through it. You're just, we're worried about, you know, what, what the teams are going to think, how we're going to score, you know, is somebody cheating off me? Um, so I did it as fast as I could and turned it in. And I, I guess the results were good, but it, look, it, the Wonderlick and playing football in the NFL, especially playing quarterback, I don't know that there's uh, much of a much of a correlation there. So, uh, Ryan, can you still play? I'm actually not sure. Um, I think, you know, I pushed my rehab as far as I could, um, and before I had to make the decision of what I was going to do, uh, my hip is not 100% healthy, and I don't know if it ever will be, but. Um, I think I'll dominate in the Turkey bowl on Thanksgiving. as long as there's no contact. You're an analyst now uh, with Amazon. So your first assignment, assess Ryan Fitzpatrick's foot, uh, football career. It was uh, quite the journey. I mean, it was a whirlwind. I think I put a lot of smiles on a lot of faces, not just, you know, teammates, uh, not just coaches, not just people in the building, but fans as well. I think especially towards the tail end of my career, I had a lot of fun and was very comfortable in who I was and was able to show the fans a little bit more of that. But um, I enjoyed every second of my career. It was crazy, the amount of moving, the amount of different teams. But on, on the flip side of that, the amount of people that I have met, the amount of relationships that I have in this league. Uh, or, or so incredible. And, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky to have him. A, a funny one real quick, the now head coach of the Denver Broncos, uh, Nathaniel Hackett and I, you know, in 2009, we're together and he was the lowest of the low, basically, you know, getting coffee for everybody and, uh, you know, making suggestions here or there on, on footwork and plays. And so we really, you know, learned some stuff together. And so to, to go through it and to see some great successes like that have been a lot of fun. Ryan, I need to go back to the seven kids thing again. How, how do you, how do you transport everybody around? Well, we, so going from six to seven was a huge decision for me and my wife, not five to six, four or five, you know, are we going to have one? It was six to seven because you've got to move out of a minivan and go to some sort of bigger transport vehicle. And so we did it. We made the decision, seven kids it was, and we had to get rid of the normal, and it was actually a mermaid uh, color Honda Odyssey. And we went with the Nissan NV, big 12 passenger van, uh, just goldfish and Cheetos crushed and barbecue sauce everywhere, but it gets the job done. And now, is that it? Seven kids? Are you done? Or is it, uh, we, we still could go for the two-point conversion here? So I'll, uh, we'll put the full court press on my wife. Uh, maybe I'll give you her number and we could Zoom and ask her. But uh, right now, I think we're, we're fine with seven. All right. Now, when, when you look at the media, when you're a player, uh, you know, Sundays, obviously, you're playing. But do you pay attention? Like, how much do you pay attention to what's being said, uh, the shows that are on, talk shows? When you're in New York, you got the back pages, uh, the post, et cetera. Uh, how much did you pay attention to all that stuff? I think it's important, especially as a starting quarterback of a team, I think it's important to have your finger on the pulse, to know what the vibe is, what's being talked about. And a lot of times you can feel that, but 
to also know the narrative going into each week, the narrative from the week before. Those are things I was always very conscious of um, just because I felt like it was an important thing uh, to know and to feel. And um, so going into this next part of my life here, I was always able to make great relationships with media members everywhere I was. And, and part of the reason was I could separate, if you said something bad about me as a player, it didn't mean that you hated me as a person. And I think players a, a lot of times have a hard time making that separation. Um, I never really did. And so I always felt like I was treated fairly, whether it was nice or something, you know, that was said that was not so nice, but it was always about my play on the field and never necessarily an attack on who I was as a human being. So I always made great relationships and enjoyed the media everywhere I was. Ryan, why did you feel it was important to understand or to know about those narratives? Uh, because I think it's important when you're, especially when you're playing at home, it's important to know, you know, the mindset of the fan base going into a game. It's important to have that feel. Even when I'm giving interviews or answering questions, it's important for me to know where everybody else is coming from, to know where the fan base is, to know where the members of the media are in order for me to respond to some of these questions with good answers. So I, it's something I always thought was really important. Now, Ryan, if you could have one do-over in your playing career, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, you know, the biggest thing for me when I think, gosh, let's talk about or think about one game. I mean, when we were in New York in 2015, you know, we're 10 and five, we'd won five games in a row, had some great momentum, you know, hopefully to carry us into the playoffs and ended up losing in Buffalo. I mean, that's the one game I look back on in my career and think, man, if, you know, I just could have gotten that game. If we could have gotten that game, then um, that would have been a fun postseason, I think, because it was a great team and with a lot of great veteran guys. When you look at Thursday night, you have Richard Sherman already in there. Uh, you have Tony Gonzalez. You know, I mentioned maybe Carissa Thompson. What do you think it's going to be like? Well, I, I just met uh, Tony and Richard. You know, I'd, I'd seen them on the field and we played against each other, maybe a handshake or a butt tap here or there. But it just really uh, got to sit down and talk with them uh, and meet them in person Uh and I was really impressed. You know, Tony, obviously one of the greatest tight ends to ever play, Hall of Famer, uh, looks beautiful. He's got the skincare products that, you know, everybody's after him for all the beauty products, but really a down-to-earth guy, great personality, fun to be around. And then Sherm, I think what he's going to bring to the table, he's one of the smartest DBs to ever play, you know, and, and he'll be the first to tell you it wasn't always necessarily about talent with him. It was about being able to dissect and diagnose plays before they happen and to know what an offense was going to do based off of splits. And he was so good and so smart, uh, you know, tough guy to go against as a quarterback because you always felt like you, know, you, try, you try to have the upper hand against the defense and he was always one step ahead of you for whatever reason. And so for him to be able to bring that to fans uh, you know, to the table to talk about, to kind of share. And from my offensive perspective and his defensive perspective, I think it's going to play really, really well. You're starting with, uh, with Amazon. You're going to be part of the studio uh, crew with, with, with Amazon. What's your goal in media? Do you eventually want to do games or wh where do you hope this pro progresses? So right now, I don't know. I mean, right now, my goal is to do this, to try to have fun with it and really figure out if I'm any good at it. Um, I think it's something I'm really going to enjoy. Um, I think everybody will tell me every week whether I'm good at it or not. 
Um, I don't think there will be a shyness of opinions from anybody with Twitter and everything else out there. My seven children may be my hardest critics. You know, we'll see on that <laughs> one. Be your hardest critics. Yeah, yeah there, there's there's no doubt about that. But um, for me, the draw is 17 years of experience in the NFL plus you know, as long as I've been playing football, just growing up, I don't want it to go away. I don't want all these experiences and my perspective to just fall and die. I want to be able to share some of this with the viewers at home. And I think I'll bring a unique experience, a unique perspective that people are going to enjoy. Who's, who uh, do you think is good at this? I mean, recently, you know, obviously Tony Romo is one that everybody uh, talks about, I think being with Jim Nance was very helpful. I actually asked my wife, I said, why, like, why do you like Tony Romo? And one of the things with her, and, you know, he's going to do, he does different things that I'm going to do um, initially, but she said, he puts my eyes in the right spot before the play. And I thought, well, that's okay. I, that's, it's pretty insightful. I like that. Um, but I just, I want to be able to share my wealth of knowledge and experience with everybody. And, and I think, you know, whether that's my grandma tuning in or, you know, whether that's young kids to be able to have fun with it, to be able to talk in a way that everybody can kind of understand it and take some, something from it. That, that's, that's what I want to do. Last one for me, would you want to coach one day? So in another lifetime, I think I would love to coach, but with the seven kids and kind of where we are uh, with our oldest being in high school and the amount of time and commitment every single day that it takes to be a, a football coach at the highest level, I, I just don't think I'd be able to commit that time right now. That being said, you know, it's something I know at some point I'd love to do, but I just, I can't do it right now. Ryan, uh, I, my, my last one, I got to go a little bit local. I'm in the DC market, your last team, of course, Washington uh, football team. Uh, are we going to be good this year? Well, no, it's the commanders now, right? I mean, we're all trying to get used to the new name, but <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited. I think it's, it's interesting to see what's going to happen with Terry McLaurin and the, you know, the contract deal there. I think I'll just put that out, this out there and say, in terms of a, a pillar of your team and somebody you want as a representative, somebody that's going to come in and go to work every single day, somebody that has the talent, somebody that's a great representation as a human being uh, for a team. I think Terry is that. And so I'm hoping that something gets done there. Um, you know, I, I think last year there was a lot of different things, injuries that came up, but if you just look at the talent on that team on defense, and now with some of the added pieces on offense, Carson's going to be a big factor in how he comes in and plays, but uh, I'm looking for big things from Washington this year. Right, well, now I got to ask a New York one. I got Johnny. I give me a New York. I got well, a bonus question. I'll give you a New York one, but it sounds like uh, it sounds like Ryan just said eight and eight. That's what I heard out of that. No, and so I got to get used to this too. But there's seventeen yeah, games, seventeen days. So they don't let oh, you say eight and eight anymore. Okay. Yeah, so it's either going to be eight, nine, or nine and eight. <laughs> nine and eight. Got it. Yeah. Right, well, that, that, that's my question. Will either the Giants or Jets finish above five hundred? I don't think so. All right. Yeah. That's a good, that's a, oh, look at John. The first thing is to be honest, right? So he, he could have tried to, <laughs> he could have been like, ah, you know, what should I say here? But yeah, I, I don't think uh, you need credibility as an analyst. So you can't just uh, come out of the gate and uh, not tell us the truth there. But uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> listen, congratulations. Obviously, a tremendous career. Uh, boy, seventh round pick out of Harvard uh, to have so many great moments in the NFL. And now uh, Amazon 
Thursday nights um, they're with their exclusive package. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, looking forward to it. And we really appreciate you joining us on uh, the Marsha and Oren Sports Media Podcast. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. What a good interview. I, I, I really I, one thing I took away from that. He's such a thoughtful person. Like he doesn't even know if he's going to be good doing it, but he, he wants to flex that muscle and he want, wants to try to, you know, get better at that. I think he's going to say some things that are going to cause some headlines. That's my opinion. I think he's a smart guy. I think uh, we saw a little bit of there, but I think he's going to be a little like on, not that he's like wants to be unfiltered, but I just think that's just how he is. And I think when he's on live a stream, I think he'll say some things that are interesting. So uh, I'm pretty high on uh, Fitzpatrick. Will he have an eighth kid? That's the question. We have to get, I don't know. <laughs> no, he we, said we decidedly get, no. I think the answer to that is no. Absolutely. We need to get his wife on the phone. Uh, get him, we got to get her as the big get to find out if there'll be an eighth child. Um, hey, before we hit uh, call of the week, let's do some uh, quick hits. Uh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees. So I don't, I'm not going to report that it's not going to happen, but I think the wind's blowing for that not to, for him not to be Fox's number two analyst. Um, that's just uh, what I've heard. I've kind of heard it's, probably not going to happen, but I, again, I'll leave that door still a little bit ajar. Um, you know, initially when I heard that he was leaving NBC, I heard he's taking a year off. Um, and that was the plan. And I think he's going to stick to that from what I've heard. So, uh, maybe Mark Sanchez, maybe they tried Daryl Johnston, um, bring him back. They did that a couple of years ago, just as kind of a placeholder number two, uh, Sanchez would be a big promotion. Um, they also have John Vilma still on the roster. I guess they could look outside college, Joel Clyde. I doubt they'd move, but he's their number one college analyst. They get a lot of people for those college games on, on big noon. And they also have Brock Eward, who's their number two. He did play in the NFL. So, I mean, that would be a little out of the box, but they, I guess they could consider him as well, but it probably they'd stick one of the NFL guys. I would think, uh, as the, uh, you know, current NFL guys to move up to that two slot. All right. And last week's pod, you were shouting out a couple of play-by-play announcers who did two championships in the major sports. You have some additions to that list. Yeah, we said we wasn't a complete list. Um, Bob Costas. Of course, the, I can't uh, believe I, I, I left him off. Yeah, I think I had him on my, I think I wrote it down. I don't, for some reason, I didn't say it. So a dreaded glitch award. Well, oh, to Rudy Mortsky. <laughs> uh, Bob Costas, he did the NBA finals and he did the World Series. And then this was a great one. Marv Albert, of course, did the NBA finals, but- Got an email from Jerry Johnson, reader, listens to the pod. Um, and he pointed out to me the old NHL network syndicated to UHF stations in the 70s. I checked in with Marv. That was accurate. Uh, and so Marv Albert also, Stanley Cup and the NBA Finals. Uh, Sean McDonough has joined that with his Stanley Cup uh, finals. We we're talking about last week, the big four major sports and who's done two of those championships. Now McDonough joins that group with people like Joe and Jack Buck, et cetera. Um, and who've done two of those with him doing the world series previously with CBS. And now the Stanley cup with ESPN. New news. I never knew that about Marv. Yeah, I didn't either. Right. I mean, that's before my time. I mean, I'm, I was born in 74. This sounds like, yeah, this was seven. So I was three years old. I could right, have been watching. Finally, uh, you're, you're going to be uh, feet in the sand next week? What, what's going on here? Yeah, I'm going to be off. Well, here's the question, all right? This is the big question that's been going around. A lot of people are talking about this. Well, nobody is. But um, <laughs> uh, back in the day, and uh, John's going to like this, when Mike and the Mad Dog, by no means am I comparing us to Mike and the Mad Dog in their heyday, but Mike and the Mad Dog, when they first started off, Francesa went on vacation and Russo changed the jingle. 
to take Francesa out of it. So here's my question. I'm going to be on vacation next week. John has a special guest host, very big time guy um, for his special guest host. I don't know if he's going to reveal it now. The question is, will John change the song? Will he change the order of how he says the names? Like in the, in the opening of the podcast, that's the big question. John's ego. Yeah, you know what? The Oranda Marchand Sports Media Podcast. I like the way that sounds, Andrew. Good, good, good idea. Uh, I'm not ready to announce the, the guest host because I don't want anybody getting to him and saying, like, why the hell are you doing this? Okay. Well-known name, one of the top executives in the business. Uh, I can't, uh, like, I'll miss you, like, but I, I can't wait to get him on. I could be Wally Pip. Never <laughs> do it again. All right. All right, let's finish this one off. All right, and then we have Call of the Week. Let's get, get to that after the break. Call of the week. Andrew, you and I both have said how much we like uh, ESPN's NBA um, telecast. I, I think Breen, Van Gundy, Jackson, they work well together. And this call of the week, to me, is a total example of that. Kicks it out to Green. Green feeling it after hitting one. How against Charlie Tippett. Stop. Absolutely. Feeling it. It's in his last three-pointer. <laughs> feeling it. <laughs> make one in a series have you watched they feeling it have you watched them shoot him <laughs> they haven't even been close he hits when he's fired up no he's fired up but he's not feeling it. <laughs> i almost didn't want to highlight that because i don't i don't want other other announcers to try to force that in i mean after all this was the, uh, the deciding game of the nba finals but i just like how jeff van gundy and and the repartee between the three of them and he you know he called Breen out, like, you know, he's feeling it. He wasn't feeling it. He, like, of all people to say that he's feeling it. A hundred percent. They had, you know, Breen missed the first couple of games and Gundy missed the game. And um, they had a uh, really good series after that. And, and that's it, the chemistry that they have. And I think Gundy's very good off the cuff um, with saying things uh, like that. So it was a, it, that was a, that was a nice call of the week for sure. John, to wrap it up, so you can, we like everyone to subscribe. You just hit the little button on your, you know, Spotify or Apple. And then if you want to, you know, we've been asked this, if, you know, a lot of people know how to do this and a lot of people have given us very nice reviews and we appreciate it. If you want to give us a review, you want to give us a rating, go back to your library, get on the Marshan Orient Sports Media Podcast, scroll down a little bit, ratings and reviews, and then you can tap to rate. Um, so there's a couple of steps there. And if you say, uh, you know, say something nice, it really is helpful. Um, so if you say it about next week's show, cause then they might fire me <laughs> anyway, see you, John, I'm out of here. Hey, you know, I, I, but before you go, Andrew, I just want to give a quick shout out to our ACE producer, Chris Mason, AC, are you still on here? What is AC's title? I think AC is an executive, the uh, executive with SBJ. AC Wyatt is a candidate for executive of the year. Sorry. I'm still not sure about that. Nope. <laughs> Soon to be. Thank you both. Thank everybody for listening to us and we'll see uh, Andrew in a couple of weeks. Bye.